Well, hello. Welcome to Midlife State of Mind, the show for that middle section of your life, the one that comes after you've raised yourself, your kids, and the rim on your rose-colored glasses. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And I'm your host, Alicia Jessness, and we're so excited for you to join us as we talk about all the weird and wonderful ways things change as you navigate midlife. The state of mind, that is. Here we go. Who the hell are we? In midlife, who who are we? All right, we don't we don't know who we are, we don't know who you are. We want to get to know you though. So welcome back, welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. This is episode. We are in week five, and Alicia here, <laughs> Aaron. We're gonna talk about this week. Uh, who who are we? Who the hell are we after our kids are grown and out of the house, and we're you know. <laughs> we're home alone or home with our husbands or home with our wives um what what what's happening who are we what what is going on that is like that is the question right I I mean like like, what do I even like because I've been so used to doing what my kids like and cooking what my kids like and 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 liking and and like liking all their stuff and right I mean, Which is not not saying that I didn't enjoy everything. I'm a newly empty nester, right? You know, right. What, this is our second in the series on empty nesting. Is it second um, episode sure. for training to it? All right. Um, last time we talked about college, college, right, you right for correct. your kids. So now you've determined. Let's just say you've determined if college is right for your kid, and they've gone off. Or maybe they're doing trade school, or maybe they're working, or maybe they're getting out of their own backyard, or all of the advice that we gave and like little um, things that you could do if if college wasn't right for your kid. Um, and now you're like, oh my gosh, like you know, I'm going through this like myself. So I, and it's even hard to articulate because it's like I like love being a mom my favorite thing is when my kids are home but there is this like freedom all of a sudden I'm like holy cow wait I can do that yeah I mean I I'm we our experience is just a little bit different because although my son is grown and you know starting his own life he just graduated high school and is you know starting well going to continue college um here in the next couple of months he is not moving out of my house but our relationship dynamic has changed dramatically in the last few months um and then also I you know recently became involved with someone or semi-recently became involved with someone who has I, I get I have acquired two beautiful bonus daughters and one of which just started high school so I thought you, know. you were almost at the empty nesting stage. I was on the home stretch, and then now I'm like, you know, I'm back in the batter's box. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You're got to you got to go around the bases one more time. I do one more time. I've got yeah, it's four more. But years. it goes so fast. It let's does. be honest. It goes so fast. I mean, I, I swear, yesterday DJ was just a toddler. 
Oh yeah. And now he's, but it, you're, you're so right. Like all, even now when I'm doing meal planning and yes, I'm one of those people like we buy only what we need at the grocery <laughs> We buy extra stuff sometimes, but I used to just grocery store and kind of wing it, just whatever's on sale, whatever we might be in the mood for while we're grocery shopping. Worst way to grocery shop, by the way. If you do that <laughs> and you're successful at it, man, you're you're your own special breed. But I was going to say. Yeah. So we, we're planning meals, and even now, our first question when I'm talking with my partner is, you know, all right, well, will the kids eat that? Like, we'll find a great recipe and then be like, but will the kids eat it? I don't, I don't, you know, because if but they But you know what? It, when you're a true empty nester, you can be like, I don't have to worry about if the kids will eat it. Because yeah. my husband will honestly eat anything I cook yeah. because he doesn't have to cook. But speaking of cooking, so, I'm over it. Are you? Are you over <laughs> it? I'm tired of feeding people. So okay, so but 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 in, okay, so uh, let me so let me your clarify. Kids are out of the house. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally yeah. like out of the house. Nobody, you know. But here's the thing: the year and a half leading up to becoming an empty nester, I we're obviously in a pandemic, and my husband is working from home, which he had never done. And so then I'm like making breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Oh yeah, talk about like wanting to like just like slip my wrist I hate to say yeah but like I'm so over like worrying about what we're gonna eat because it's not even like for me it's not even the act of cooking or the cleanup I'd actually I actually don't mind cleaning up sure, sure. and when I cook my husband always cleans up he's great he puts away all the you know leftovers sure, sure. I'm tired of thinking about it mm-hmm I'm like, I can go in the kitchen and I could just like, it's funny when I say like, hey, like you're on your own. You know what my husband's go-to is? Sandwiches? No. No. Cereal. Cereal. Oh yeah, that's, so yep, that's DJ. Cereal. So whereas I'll go in there and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I can like, there's some quinoa and then I can do, you know, cut up you know, a couple vegetables. Listen, I have recently discovered my love for quinoa, and it's funny because I... I say quinoa, you say quinoa. Quinoa, I don't, yeah. Sommelier, sommelier. Quinoa, quinoa, yeah. Look, that's another Q word where you don't say... Okay, anyway. (laughs) I'm still not over that first episode. That is so hilarious. And even when I went back (laughs) while we were editing, I was like, I literally asked you... Wait, is that not how you spell it? Knowing damn well how you spell the word. <laughs> and I'm such a grammar police person. Yeah. I was like, this. You're like, wow. This makes me sound. If we like, hadn't have recorded it, you might not have believed me. I might not have. I would have been like, no, you're crazy. Go listen to episode one if you don't know oh what my we're God, talking it's about, if you missed so it. so funny. Okay. But, so, okay. So, all right. So, it's quinoa. The thinking, it's the quinoa. It's the thinking about the food, though. Like, yes. you'll go in there and you're like, I can throw something together. Yes. They are like. What is what will take the least amount of effort? Yes, and I'm like, seriously, Jeff, could you just? And I make my husband. I mean, he always is like, I hate to see what your friends think of me, the way you talk about me, because I don't talk bad about him. But you sometimes don't. I do make him seem like he's helpless. But um, but well, I'm like, that's because you go and eat cereal. If I like, think there's a difference between helpless though and just, it's not like a lazy, like a physically. La- I think men are just typically. It's just like, simple. It's it's survival to them is how can I get fuel in my body the quickest way? Yeah. And we're like survival to us is like 
we're thinking of like they're thinking of survival in this moment we're thinking of survival in the long term which yeah. I think like that's, that's well a, and I also I'm like when I eat I want it to be good like I don't just like I and plus I'm not a cereal person so FYI so cereal would be the last thing I ever eat now I'd well, eat I some oatmeal cereal. I don't. It's cold. It's wet. Mm, you just no. don't like it. I am picky about my cereal, though. There's only a few that I like, but I do like granola. They're all, they're all totally unhealthy and not really. Meals. And that's what I tell him. Like it's really not healthy, even though it's low. Sh- it's like got very little sugar. We only oh, buy. Oh, so he's not eating cinnamon toast crunch. No, What's he's he eating kashi. Well, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. But I'm meal. like, it's processed. It is processed, but it's not terrible. I mean, it's not. Okay, if you're thinking about cinnamon. like it's not eating Lucky a, a, a <laughs> right, Lucky Charms or like Krispy Kreme donuts for dinner or Kashi, yes, Kashi's better. But I'm like a little bit more effort, and you could have had, like, you could have gotten some, you know. See, here's the thing. Look. Like thinking, I've, we have always Aaron, has vegetable. Thinking, we always have vegetables. Thinking about food is so ingrained that we have now gone totally off our topic talking about I food. Know. Thinking about food instead of who the hell are we when our kids move out? But this well, is who are we? We're, right, we're trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like for the last 27 years, I've been cooking dinner. You have, or even if I don't cook. I'm planning, okay, we're going to go out, or we're going to do this. Or do you plan what uh, what he'll cook? Like, oh, this is one of oh, his. Oh, Jeff doesn't cook, no. He, he doesn't cook at all? He no. doesn't have, like, three specialty meals? No. What? No. No. He Does he, like. So when I used to go, I, years ago I used to go what? on a girl's trip okay. when my kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would plan out, like, do you remember those places you could go and you could, like, it was almost like a Hello Fresh or a or a Green Chef or whatever, but at a store I forget what it was called, and you could put together a bunch of meals, yeah, yeah. and then you could put them in your freezer. Yeah, well, big cities have that, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, we had one, yeah. and I would do that. Yeah, and it's and I would have all the meals planned out for the three or four nights that I was going to so be did gone. Did you prep the meals? Actually, like cook the meals, or just no, no, no? It was like everything was like ready to pull out and just like. Yeah. Toss in the pan or heat up. Or so literally like a meal box. Like a, like yes, but it was before meal. It was before subscription meal before services. That, yeah. It was like, oh, you could go and do it. I forget what it was called. So he will cook when he absolutely has. It's um. It's no, I have to have everything ready and then he cooks. But he. Won't. I mean, like and like. Here's what you do: do this first, and then this, and then this, and then this. So, like, but he won't volunteer. No, I mean, but he works hard all day, and yeah, God sure. love him. He gets up at four thirty in the morning because he meets with his team in India, and it's end of day for them. And so he's like spent, you know, by the time oh, he gets sure. done at five thirty. Sure. Um. So, and I, you know, have been a stay at home mom, right? Slash part time yoga teacher, slash part time, you know, saint artist, slash part time podcaster. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but you're you you. But he just doesn't like. That's just not his thing. And early in the relationship, you established that you would handle the meals, the home, the kids, the that. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I worked. I worked right. um, at first, and he while well, he was in school, but I still did all the cooking then. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, Jeff just is like, and his dad was a chef, which is so funny because his dad was a chef, but his dad did not cook at home because he cooked all day at the restaurant. That's not uncommon. I hear that. I actually, I worked in F&B for 
quite a few years in my younger days, and that's that's pretty common because you do it all day. You don't want to go home and do it. Right. Some do, like those those who are into the chefery, into that, you know, get into that industry because they really do have that sort of deep ingrained passion for food. Love to come home and, and but not and they'll all cook. Of, yeah, yeah. But, but his his dad was like Mm-mm. he was executive chef for a fancy like um, restaurant out in Houston. And, and executive chefs also have a that's kind of a di- like it's, it's a little bit different you're not a line cook no it's that's more but, of a you have a, a corporate responsibility yeah, as well as being yeah. responsible for the art of food so it's not that he is thinking like oh cooking is a woman's job right it's not a it's not a bias a gender bias thing because jeff most of the women that he worked he's most of the people that he's always had as bosses have always been women so it's not like oh you're the woman you stay at home and you you know Make me food. Right, no. so he doesn't have that. It's not that. No, no. He just does not enjoy. I just don't think he has just the, the inclination for it. Just yeah, he has many other talents, and, and cooking is not one of them. But, so, I'm at the point where, as a true empty nester, like, I feel like I am, like, this little flower. Uh-huh. Okay, so let me just say... I took my last kid to college in August. Right, just a couple weeks ago. Yes, cried. Woke up crying that morning. Yeah. Like, as soon as I, I got... I remember I texted you to ask you yes. how you were, and you're like, well... I'm already crying. I'm, I'm not <laughs> suicidal yet, but... Uh. <laughs> I, I, I woke up. We had to get up really early to drive him. She woke up and crying. And I, like, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I started crying. And it was just so funny, because I'm not a big crier, if you know me in real life. Right. But so... Then, but then once we got him there, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm miss, I'm going to miss him, but like, this is kind of cool. And then I've been you like, told me you were happy about it. You were like excited for his. Yeah. But I don't want my kids to listen to this and think I don't love being a mom. <laughs> I don't. Listen, Cause I do. I love it when they're home, but I, it's like, I feel I like a little flower that I'm like, I'm germinating and I'm about to bloom. Can I just say for the record, I don't think at any point, at any point in t- today or in the future, ever in your life, as long as you're breathing, your kids will ever think that you did not love being a mother. No, I know. And they may never listen to this. So. They, they may not. They will. They're super supportive. But, like, <laughs> I think it's like I'm at this crossroads uh, because I have devoted, unlike you, who had a very successful career and being a mom, Mm -hmm. I was always like a mom, room mom, Mm -hmm. PTA mom, um, you know, like stay at home mom. Like my kids sometimes when they were, my middle one was like, why can't I go to ASP, which is like after school program. And I'm like, because I don't work. Right. And he's like, but I'm like, I, pick you up at the bus stop or pick you up at school depending and I'm like no we really can't like send you to ASP if I'm at home you want to hang out with your friends yeah right 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 right. yeah it's and it's it it, there is a difference there in I mean DJ went to all the ASPs all all the summer camps yeah you know he's very well some people call some kids call after school prison because they hate it and my middle one, oh, no, now my oldest know. one would have never wanted to go, and my my youngest wouldn't have, but mm-hmm. my Evan is very social, and he always wanted to, like, be so around friends. So DJ went to an after-school program. It was um, at a karate school, and that is actually how I met my partner. 
That's right. Yeah, he was DJ's karate instructor. That's right. Um, and that was years and years ago, you guys. This is he was married to someone else at that time. Yeah, so, but y'all um, didn't have a relationship. Then. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, in fact, that we were we were friends, and I, you know, we knew each other. But it was because my son was literally in his care every single day, and would go on Saturdays because he mm. loved just going there and hanging out. And uh, you know, it was a great little great little place here in Savannah that is no longer open. But anyhow, yeah. So I I get it. It's it's when you're even even though I worked, my mm-hmm. life still revolved. Oh, around much around whatever he needed, what he was doing, because you know I, I had help from my family. Of course, I had some help, but um, no. But he was your top priority. He was my top Always. priority. Yeah. So my life definitely revolved around him for the last eighteen years. I mean, 100%. and my kids are still my priority. Yeah. But I'm like, holy cow! Like all the things that maybe I thought like, oh, I'd like to do that, but mm-hmm. you know, I want to be at home. Or, you know, it's like now, and and I mean, it's a tale that's still unfolding. So I can't like be the one to give great advice, except for just like, for women who are at this point, be open. Like, like, I think that's, that is, that is the vibe that I got when we started to talk about this topic is when, I think when you get to the point where you have the freedom to explore other things, to realize that. You're never too old. You're never too old to to go back to school, to start a new business, mm-hmm. to or you can also just feel like you don't have to do anything. Right. I right. think a lot of women feel like in their forties, like you know, men have the very obvious midlife crises where they go out and they buy the sports cars, and you know, some of them leave their wives for younger women and poo-poo on them. But anyway, um, you know, it happens. <laughs> it's a pretty common stereotype. Yeah, it's a stereotype. But I, I think a man's, you know, sort of midlife awakening or journey or crisis, whatever you want to call it, they're they're very open and very kind of overt. Where women, our midlife crises are more like kind of a deconstruction. Mm-hmm. It's more like. All of these years, so you and a reinvention, I think. Right, for twenty-seven years, you're you're you've constructed this life for yourself, centered around you know basically managing the life and career of three entire humans, mm-hmm. you know, and then even to the point like managing you know even your husband's life to a degree because he goes to work and you stay home and you are the CEO of your home mm-hmm. of your household. And so I think for women, we get to this stage, and especially like if you don't have any kids, when your kids are, have actually flown the nest, they have moved out, they are moving on and starting their own lives, um, you know, you realize that, you know, maybe you weren't aware even of how centrally focused your life was around your kids. Right. And so we get to this stage and we feel like, oh, now I have all this freedom. And maybe some some of us feel like, what should I do with it? Oh, my God. I've got all this time in my hands and all this life left to live. But, you know, I also think it's, it's maybe a time for some people where we want to just kind of slow down mm-hmm. and absorb. Well, and have a ref- – it's a re- – it's – like I'm trying not to make Quiet. any um, any like major decisions, decisions or mm-hmm. like oh I'm gonna do this. It's more of like a reflective time. Like okay, let me just kind of like be the observer, mm-hmm. notice like all the different feelings that I'm having, mm-hmm. not apps, not actually like change anything or react to them. Just kind of like. Hmm. Okay, be curious about it. But let's put it on tape. 
Exactly. <laughs> and send it out to the universe. <laughs> we For are, the whole world to hear. Right, because we are reflecting, I think, on our on our lives up mm-hmm. to this point. And, and I, that's kind of what what got us into the conversation even about this podcast is just talking about yes this that's the that was the catalyst that was the catalyst. for this podcast which let me just say we want to hear from you so um go to our socials the midlife um state of mind podcast on facebook and ig and share your experiences yes and please. follow us there but yeah this Tell that us. was the catalyst for Starting this podcast, we had a conversation about like what is life going to look like. Yeah, like we we are both coming up on this time, and I was with my partner, but we were. It it was an interesting situation. I'm not going to get too much in the details of that, but um, the long and short of it is, we now have uh, custody of his youngest daughter and when Aaron and I first started talking about this podcast my son was getting ready to graduate and and we thought at that time move out and go away to school and then um and you thought you were going to be the more traditional empty nest yes I thought I was very much going to be the more traditional empty nester and then you know life sometimes serves you curveballs and things end up completely different but but that's what that's what kind of put us in this position or it was a conversation about what is our life going to look like and we've been defined all these years by these you know so what are we going to do in our 40s and the fact that so many women or out 50s there, or 50s that's i'm right. in my 50s I, listen i forget that and when you guys see pictures of erin you're going to know why i forget that it's because she looks does not look a day over 35 well i mean seriously, you are my favorite wait, wait till you <laughs> see the photos y'all she looks fabulous so anyway, so she takes very good care of herself. It's very obvious. But the thing is, like, we were just talking about how many women we know that are coming into this stage and how, how men, again, their situations are very overt. And, of course, we communicate and we talk to the people in our circle. But overall, I think a lot of women go through this phase where they're asking themselves, who the hell am I after all of this stuff is over? They're, we're asking, who are we in our marriages? Yeah. Who are we in our friendships? Well, and I, I shared with you um, earlier that I had lunch, and I'll share with our listeners. I had lunch with a friend, um, been a stay-at-home mom. She was, you know, had a very professional job, mm-hmm. um, got married a little bit later, mm-hmm. had kids, um, became a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. husband very successful, um, you know, worked and had a job that he traveled a lot. So, of course, you know, just like she wanted to be able to be at home. Yeah. And she is an empty nester. And and we were talking about it the other day. And, um, and I've been, like, thinking this, but I haven't wanted to verbalize it because it right. sounds horrible. Right. And then she verbalized it, and I was like, oh, well, if she says that, then it must be okay because right. she's such a, like, a, like a loving wife and everything. Right. She's like, I just want to go away for two months. She goes, I don't know if one month would be enough, but for two months and be alone. Like, somewhere where I don't have to take care of anybody. And yeah. she's like, I just, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been thinking the same thing. Like, I want to go to, like, an ashram or something, you know. Yes. And just like a retreat and just like not do yes and And we just talked about it at lunch and I I can relate to that like just having having done the majority of this journey on my own carrying that weight totally you've done the majority of the journey on your own as well except for I did not also I didn't I just had to fry the bacon up I didn't have to bring it home right 
So, I mean, you definitely, I'm, I'm definitely not going to try to like, like, no, 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 it's not a no I know. I'm just saying but like, you I, three, you had three, again, three humans you had to manage plus your husband's. Right. And he traveled a yeah. lot and would be gone sometimes for two weeks so at you're a time. managing the life of five entire whole humans. And that is, you are, it is equivalent to being like the CEO of, a, I mean, that is a lot. So, yeah. Hey, can I tell you one quick story? It's a kind of a side <laughs> note, but um, I've always been really, like, I've tried to be really good about, you know, they women, we put ourselves last, right? Sure. And I've always tried to, like, when my kids were little, even, like, when my youngest was born, I... Um, and I I've always like been a gym goer, like a working out, sure. like all, working out has always been important to me, not for weight, but just for like mind, yeah. um, you know, mind health, body health, all you're of obsessed. it. I mean, not in a bad way, but like, right. you're, it's you just, are, it's a very high priority for me yes. that and sleep. Yes. Um, and so, and I, um, so like even when Hayden, like six weeks old, he could go to the gym daycare. I'm like, all right, he's going to the gym daycare, yeah, you know, and yeah. and so I want to tell two quick little side notes that this is how women sabotage each other, which is a whole nother podcast we could do. For sure. But um, so my neighbor, we were at the pool and like her daughter was um, maybe a year behind Hayden, maybe two years. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so by now he was, you know, like, let's say he was four, she was two. And I was saying something, you know, like, oh, you know, we were talking about, and she's like, doesn't work out or yeah. because she doesn't want to like go to leave the, the kids, leave or, the kid, yeah. leave like her other ones were in school and like, and she's like, oh, like, I just feel so guilty. And it was like, she was trying, like, like, she, I don't think she was necessarily trying to make me feel guilty, but she's like, you know, just just basically like saying, oh, I could never put my baby in daycare or, or so I put my baby. Gym. I'm like, it's one hour. And I'm like, that one hour that I give myself makes me a better mom. And then basically 100%. she ended up having a, like a complete meltdown, like got a divorce and like went back to work full time. Cause I think she was like, she had like devoted herself. So women support each other and whatever they, you decide. The other story I was going to say. Take is, that time. Oh Let's my gosh. I was on like thought for a second. one hour, hour. It's one hour a day or even. It's 45 four, minutes. Like, or four hours a week. Yes. You owe yourself four hours a week. You owe it to yourself to take that four hours a week so that you stay sane. Yes, totally. I mean. And so my chiropractor at the time, same kind of like dig. So I used to go in for massages pretty frequently yeah, and then get adjusted. And, and so she says to me, which I was like, shouldn't you be advocating self-care? But um, okay. She goes, I have to say, you're so good at putting yourself first. <laughs> well, listen, I think a lot of women but have an I'm issue like, with that. that. I think that's a problem for a lot of people. And I'm like, sister, like, I mean, just because I come here once every couple weeks, I'm not always putting myself first, but I do make, and it, and I don't think she meant it as a dig, and I really didn't take it as a dig, but it's like little comments like that when you, like, oh, you, you go on a girl's trip every year, like, must be nice that you can leave your kids for your husband to babysit. I'm like, uh, and I used to always do, um, I was in a play group. Side um, note, he's not babysitting. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And people, would say we we had a play group that when my middle son 
was three weeks old, I joined. Yeah. And we were together up until we even met, like, um, until the kids were in school. We'd meet after school. Yeah. But once a month, we did a girls' dinner. Yeah. So every week we met at one of our houses. But then once a month, we did our our ladies. We called it ladies night. ladies night out. Yeah. And some of the girls would say, like, like ones that maybe were newer to the playgroup, or I'll have to see if my husband can babysit. I see. I've never and I'm understood like, that, and I think maybe part of it is because I was alone for most of yeah. those years. Is I knew, like, I knew that if I did not take some time away from my dedication to raising this child and running my household, I was probably going to literally get in the car and, and like drive off a drive cliff. off and like I mean, never come home but I think part of the problem is like women will make comments like that instead of talking about like so where it, it's almost like a that's a that's a peek inside the things that they are disappointed about in themselves because they, they're not doing it right so instead of asking you or me or someone who takes the time to do those things like hey how do you manage that like yeah it's like they it, they don't understand the value of that and so it's a it's almost like a it's it's like an envious sort of I don't understand how she does that and I don't even think they realize how Yeah, it no, comes I think off. it was not intentional. It wasn't like a it wasn't an intentional dig, but it was kind of like oh, I admire you for putting yourself first. <laughs> like you ha- you can't And I'm like, "Sister, I always go back to the you can't take care of someone else no. without taking care of yourself. No. Whatever is inside of you is what's going to spill out onto other people. Exactly. And that's, a, that's a perfect example of that. I'm like, my kids benefited from me. And are still benefiting. Going on a girl's trip once a year. Because my kids benefited from me going to the gym every day. Because yeah, guess what? Then mom wasn't a raging lunatic. That's right. You're giving yourself the time to recover, to rejuvenate, yes. to, 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 to allow yourself well, to, to feed my, my, to feed myself. Right. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it is. You're feeding yourself spiritually. You're giving, giving yourself those adult connections. But you know what though? I, I really feel like so many women out there struggle with, well, I think the younger mom gener- guilt, right? Mom guilt. I think the younger generation's Women younger, like millennials, and then even the generation after that, are getting to the point where they understand how ridiculous the fact that there's even theoretically mom guilt right. in existence. I think you know the young. It's it's yeah. They're they're definitely I think doing a lot of things better. We, we came out of you know well the fifties housewives right the the Joan Cleaver mm-hmm. um, you know generation from where women were again expected to stay home not expected to work their entire lives were expected to revolve around their husband's needs their children's needs the needs of their family etc and then we went into the generation where women were then because we fought so hard for women's rights women's were women were women's 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 you know women's (laughs) women were then expected to do the exact opposite they were because we had the right we that generation was expected to work and then I think the next generation, our generation, was kind of a an interesting balance of, of both. Yeah. Where some some people stayed home and then some women were very career driven. And but 
that was the generation where mom guilt was born mm-hmm. is our generation because I think the first generation of working women, because we had fought so hard. Yeah, for there that wasn't right, any room for guilt. There was no room for guilt. It was like, we fought for this. This is what we wanted. And yeah, now we're doing let's it. Let's do it. But, yeah. But then the next generation, it's like, oh, well, we fought for this and we've had the right to do it for a while now. But gosh, is it what we really wanted? Right. And can you have it all? And I mean, in my personal opinion, yes, you can have a successful career and yes, be a successful parent, whether you're a man or a woman. But the idea of balance is bullshit. I'm going to call it like it is. It's bullshit. See, I don't think you can have it all all at the same time. There is no There's something has to give. Something, you're going to be sacrificing in one area to give another area the attention it needs for you to actually achieve success or, yeah. or you know a heightened level of achievement in one area is going to cost you making sacrifices in another mm-hmm. area I mean I, I, I think about my life as a working mom you know there were lots of periods of my life where I worked two jobs and certainly throughout most of my corporate professional career where I worked you know 50 to 60 hours a week right just to support my household so I did miss the hours in the afternoon and I you know it was a lot of there were there were a lot of nights where I would have to be in a networking event or something and I would miss out on bedtime or right right I mean I did make it a point to never miss a a sporting activity or something that was really important um because my parents both worked full-time my whole life and did not make those things Mm -hmm. but that was their sacrifice that was where they sacrificed doing those things so that because my mom wanted a career she wanted to work Mm -hmm. so I I don't think I don't think enough women talk about mom guilt and how damaging it can be and how making those digs at other women really can be detrimental to you know to their own personal development as well as to other people's development it's a hard it's a hard subject I think to talk about yeah definitely For sure. We want to, we always want to promote other, sorry about that. We always want to promote. We talk with our hands, even though nobody can see us. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) And we hit stuff. And I mean, it's, they're just, the hands are just to go. And so I think we, we, we are all in on promoting one another's business ventures, you know, side hustles, but then at the same time, it's like we have those kind of deep-seated emotions mm-hmm. when we see someone that is able or that maybe isn't even able but just appears to be managing it better than us. We feel this like, oh, my gosh, am I doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Well, because comparison will always do that to yeah. you, you know. Um, you know, I mean, I think that one thing I think that, I mean – I do have um, definite, like, what do you call it? Like, um, imposter syndrome? No, I don't have that. I have, like, um, just my own baggage, mm-hmm. emotional baggage or whatever. Sure. But the one thing I've never done is play that comparison game with anyone. I can't say that. I don't do it at all. Oh, I've yeah. always been like, I am doing, like, what is best for me, what is me, you know, right for me. 
And just because it's right for someone else to do that, that's great for them. I've never had that comparison. Um, and it's not because I have plenty of other faults. I'm not trying to say like, sure. oh, I'm so evolved. I've just never, even as a, even as a kid, I never did. I never, that's like a lot, it's funny because, and I do think it is interesting and I don't know why. I don't know what made me be this way, if it's personality or if it was how I was raised. But or I genetics. hear from a lot of do what or genetics as much as you it and could I talk be about yeah epigenetics, mm -hmm. but um, I hear a lot of people talk about like oh social media like I, oh I get bogged down when I'm on social media because mm -hmm. I see everybody's perfect life I'm like see social media does not like I see people's perfect life and I'm like oh that's awesome for them I don't feel I think it depends on the day for me I think in days where I think that um, the older I get the more I, I definitely am not living in a scarcity mindset anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there were several years there where I, where things before I became successful professionally and was really where I thought I should be, you know, salary wise and being able to take vacations and do those, you know, kind of nicer things. There were times in my life where I would, I was definitely living from a, from a scarcity mindset where I mm -hmm. would look around and feel like, you don't measure up or it's not no it's not it wasn't like a measure up thing it was more like a I must be doing it wrong because look at where they are and I feel like I'm doing the same things as them mm -hmm. does that make sense so not like not like I'm not good enough or I'm not working hard enough but there must be a part of the equation that I'm missing you're like what are they doing that I'm not doing that they they're getting a different result yes Yes. And some of it's just timing for people, yeah. luck, and that's the other thing. Like and so, something else that a good friend pointed out very recently is she said, "You never, you never brought up the part of the equation that most of your friends were married and had two mm -hmm. incomes." And I didn't. Like I was just like, "Why? Why are they able to do these things?" And it's. Well, part of the reason is because there's twice the money in the household. Right, and the support and of, like, being able to do yeah. things that maybe, like, oh, I can, like, spend extra time on Doing this pursuit because, because I have, I have somebody at, at the backup, yes. as a backup at home who's, like, my other half is, like, doing baths and bedtime and yeah. dentist appointments. and Yeah, it was a good yeah. friend. I was talking to a good friend that she actually lives in another state. But I was talking to her, and we were talking about kind of this mom guilt thing because she's been a single parent most of her life. And she, you know, she was like, well, you know, I, I sometimes I will – it's like, God, I just – I wish I had a partner for this reason. And it just – it occurred to – and I was like, you know, I never really thought about that. And she's like, no, you've never – You've never brought that up when we have these conversations. Like, oh, I wonder if it's because, because of that. Yeah. Well, that is why I'm a I'm a big fan of communes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and my husband's like, hell no, I ain't living in no commune because I'm like my dream is like I want to buy like a big piece of land and have like everybody have their own houses, but similarly minded people who want to have a collect like a yeah. like almost like a collective like sure. I don't mean a commune like where everybody's going to have sex with each other right um I mean like a group of people who have a that's called a swingers club Aaron. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of like commune like 19 like like right. a 60s hippie commune where right right you know free love man right 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 um but like where I would love it to be like a just a close community where 
you, you know, every person uses their strengths and um, gifts and talents. And then like, so like if my talents are like cooking, which they aren't, but I'm just saying, then I would. How can you say your talents are not cooking when you've cooked every meal that uh, you're five? Because I can read a freaking recipe. Who can? (laughs) I'm like, I can read a recipe. Okay. I feel like you can add that to your skill list. But I'm like, or if like my talent was, you know, like I, or if I really love doing laundry or if I was good with like plants and stuff then I would do tend the garden have a community garden I don't want to live in the same house as everybody right because I like my sleep and I don't like a bunch of noise and you know so I I need my own space please don't make me sleep in a house with a bunch of other people I know exactly but I'm here for the commune I'm here yes see that is what I maybe that's who we are maybe that's who we are we need to start one should we should we start a commune? Should we just buy a big piece of bread? Let me tell you something. My friend Stephanie Moffin, she's a new friend. She's um, a friend that I met through the homeschooling community. Her and her husband Jay basically have done something similar. Really? They, okay, so she she has a junior in high school. I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this. I don't. Think I was she gonna will. say. I don't, I don't think she. You will. gave her name. You're not supposed to give names. No, I know, but I really I don't think she will because we we've talked openly about it several times. I don't, it's not like a secret like what they did. She's awesome. She's a freaking awesome human. Anywho, so she has, um, she's going to be an empty nester next year. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, they decided, literally out of the blue, no experience whatsoever. She has also always been a stay-at-home mom. They bought a huge piece of property out in, I can't even remember. I want to say rich out like outskirts of Richmond Hill, Georgetown, something, but like outskirts of Savannah. They've never developed property. They've never done any of. They've literally sold almost all the lots to their friends, and now they're like developing the property. I think her and Jay are doing the majority of the development with another friend of ours. Um, her husband, a good friend of mine, Chelsea Rowe, and her husband Joe Rowe. And he owns a contracting company. He's a contractor, and they do all kinds of commercial work. And, again, I don't think she'll mind me talking about this. But I think it's mostly them that are developing this property. But they basically have done exactly what we're talking about. They, the, the Moffins, they, they bought this huge tract of land for, you know, pretty inexpensively, comparatively speaking. And they're and just developing it, and it's yeah. going to be like a like a but they're selling a the friend's subdivision. Friends. Yeah. yeah, they're basically all kind of working. When I want a like a I want a like a a, a hall like a, or a central mm-hmm. like um where a central kitchen dining room living room where you could go and then you could still have a kitchen in your house like I sure. want like a little cottage and then a big like gathering um hall right, where you get together and you cook yeah meals you cook and meals you a couple and nights a week and you sure. could have game night or you know homework help well I mean I guess if you have grandkids I don't it doesn't necessarily mean have to be just empty nesters but um yeah, so maybe that's who I am. I don't know. I'm I'm maybe finding out. I'm are. like, right now I just feel like I'm a, um, I talk about this a lot in yoga is like. I got to Google something real quick while you're yeah, telling this story. Being a, um, like that, I talk about like um, when you are germinating, like a, say an intention. Okay. Or a sankalpa, we call it in yoga, and it's like your heart's deepest longing. What's it called? Sankalpa, S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A. Sankalpa. Yeah. Okay. Sankalpa. Sankalpa. I've never Sankalpa. heard of this. All right, so tell me more about this. So Sankalpa is like your heart's deepest longing, and you you state it in positive language in the present tense. So you, like if it's like I want to do 
I want to do this or I am. You don't say like, I don't want to do this or I'm not such and such, right? And it's right. But you and you don't say, I did such and such or, you know, I want to do. It's like present tense, like I am this. Okay, so it's like manifesting things by speaking them as if they were already in existence. Yes, in present tense and positive language, yes. Okay. And so, but what I say is that sometimes, like, it's like you, like, to manifest something, just because you, just because, or like, if you're using affirmations, just because you're saying it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen right then, or, you know, like, you're going to feel the effects then. Sure. So, it's like you have it as, like I say, you know, if, if it's like, um, if you're a gardener, mm-hmm. um, you buy the little seeds and then, you know, the little seedling trays mm-hmm. and you put that in the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. And you, and it's dark and then you get mm-hmm. it wet and then you, like, during the winter months, you're, mm-hmm. like, nurturing it and you're letting it germinate. And then when it gets to be spring and you let it and it starts to break through, you know, the ground and then it has to get to a certain point before you can actually plant it in the ground or it'll die. It won't, it won't right. be able to like survive and that's how I feel like I am right now I'm just at the little germination stage with who the hell am I I'm now an empty nester and I've devoted 27 years of raising my kids being well basically I was a stay-at-home mom for like 20 I mean I think I started staying at home when Garrett was four so 23 so 23 years Mm -hmm. and then I went back I went became a yoga teacher you know sometime in there um well, don't so, discount that. I mean, that takes dedication. Yeah, and you oh, yeah. Frequently. Yeah, and I love every bit of it and, like, did all my tra- my trainings and, you know, have worked with private clients, which is actually my favorite thing to do, but um, more than teaching, like, big classes. But um, I like the one-on-one. But, um, so maybe that's who you are. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, it's like, it's like just, um, yes, we do. We want to have a midlife state of mind retreat. Reclaiming wholeness is actually what my whole, that's been the phrase, reclaiming yeah. wholeness, reclaiming wholeness. And y'all, the first time she said that to me, I was like, we're doing this Yeah, because that I think is the entire, that is one phrase that sums up midlife. Yeah. Reclaiming in, your wholeness. It's like, yeah. I want to like reclaim myself fully and completely and think back to like things that and and like who you were the before you big, had a husband and children. Yes, the biggest blessing in my life is my husband and my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't regret a single day of being a stay-at-home mom. But of I'm course. at the point where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm still so vibrant and have so much to You're like to accomplish." Yeah. You're still a whole person that is not I mean, of course you birthed these three ba- birthed birthed these you had these three babies. I gave birth to. You gave birth to these three babies. You have your husband. You are a wife to your husband. You mm-hmm. are a mother to these three beautiful humans. But you're still a whole, per, a, a whole separate, a separate being right yourself. Right. And I think that we, especially during those, just surviving it years. Those you know those years where, where you know, you're just trying to get through the day. You're just trying to get the yes. breakfast, the lunch, the dinner's made. You're just trying to get them to soccer practice. You're just trying to get them to ballet. You're just trying to get them to wherever they got to go. You're trying to get, make sure the house is clean. Make sure everybody has clean underwear to wear. You know, you're just getting through that. We lose touch. Most women, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, 
I would not reduce it to a lot of women. I would say most women mm-hmm. who go through raising a family lose touch with who they are or maybe even because they start so young never even really had a full grasp right on that's who the other they thing are or who they were yeah. so reclaiming wholeness I mean that is yeah I mean we I think once you get past those years and again even if you don't have children but maybe you're married or maybe you're not married and you've never had children but coming into that middle state of your life where you are really looking back at those first 40 years, 35 to 40 years, and saying, is that person the person I want to be moving forward? Is that person the person that's going to leave a legacy? Right. Is that the person that I want people to remember me as when I'm no longer here on this planet? And, and it's such a huge question. Yeah, it definitely is. I just listened to a podcast. It's funny. Um, the Next Big Idea, and it was about – how it's like they used to think that personality was set. It's kind of similar to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That personality was set, but your personality can change. Your net, and it's like, um, you know, if you were to like meet yourself, your fourteen-year-old self when you're seventy-four, how different you would be. And yeah. sometimes the change is just so gradual over the years, you know. Right. But you end up being a completely different person. Sometimes yeah. it's really dramatic. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Really and sometimes that can be from situations. And um, But, yeah, we want you de- definitely, you guys that are listening, to weigh in, you know, on the socials, um, Midlife State of Mind podcast on Facebook, Instagram. You can also email us at yes. Midlife State of Mind podcast at gmail.com. But tell us, like, who the hell are you? Yeah. In this – in who, who – we're, we're asking ourselves, who, who the Have you figured I? it out already? Have you figured it out? Are, are you, you figuring it out? Are Do you, you ten- want to figure it out? What, what, it, what it, where are you at in that? Like, and if you have figured it out, you know, like, tell us what you're doing. Like, Please what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to um, plug one more thing okay. free of charge for Netflix because they're not already making enough money. <laughs> um, there's, there's a documentary on Netflix right now. It's called Some Kind of Heaven. It just came out in 2020. And um, it's about a retirement community down in Florida called The Villages. And the reason this is relevant is because what we're talking about, about building commune, kind of setting up a a little village for you to retire. Is this the one that had all the STDs or STIs now they call it? Or wait, no, sexually transmitted (laughs) infections. They don't call it STDs anymore. that's over in Hilton Head. We're not going to name it. Okay, I don't know the name. Okay, so so this place called The Villages, and what they did was they went down and they built kind of this small neighborhood for like them and their friends. It was one gentleman, and then now his son kind of runs it. But it has now, so they built it around who they wanted to be in retirement. They wanted Mm -hmm. to have, like, cute little pubs to go to and dance and listen to live music. They wanted to have, uh, you know, like, salsa lessons. They wanted to have water aerobics. They wanted to have horseback riding. They wanted to have golf. They wanted to have all these activities that they enjoyed. Like little pottery things. Right. And a little community. And it has turned out to be the largest retirement community in the world. Really? Over the last 35, I think it's 35 years. Don't quote me on that. You'll have to look that up. But no, it would be it would be longer because I think it was developed in the late like 80s. Late, oh, the I, I want to say the late 80s, but I'm not sure. Maybe it was the late no, 90s. No, so that, if it was late 80s, that'd be 30. Yeah, 30, so 30, some, 30 something years. Yeah. Um, and now it's become the largest retirement community in the world because people... Do you have to apply to live there? You do have to apply to live there. And go it's, through like a vetting process? Well, I don't know that it's... <laughs> so... They're like, okay, 
tell us do you I, like do you like long walks on the beach I don't and think like it's that complicated um, of a vetting process here's a vetting process can you can you well, make can the you afford it payments? yeah can you afford <laughs> it but so the reason i bring this up is because in watching this documentary a lot of people that have moved to this community moved there thinking they were one kind of person okay and have realized in in this midlife state after you know they're going into post or po- a little bit post a little, a little bit after because some of some people are moving there like in their 50s. 55 yeah 50s 55 yeah so in they've realized that they are not who they thought they were they've divorced they've met people and remarried people that are completely different from the spouses they spent 30 and 40 years with wow so it's an interesting. So don't point. move there if you um, so listen, don't want your husband to run off with Gladys, the neighbor. <laughs> right. I don't think anybody Jason. knows who the hell we are at no, this stage. We're of all life. figuring it out. And you could be someone like what you just said. You meet if your seventy-four-year-old self met your fourteen-year-old. So you could be somebody completely different five days from now, which is exciting, or fifteen years from now, or. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all have events that happen in, in our lives that shape our lives that you, you don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know who the hell we are. No. You, you, if I'm you figure, know. I'm, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm open. I'm seeing. I'm like, I'm curious, like, what's going what's gonna to happen? Yeah. So, so weigh in for us. Um, Midlife yeah. State of Mind podcast on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Midlife State of Mind podcast at Gmail. Tell, tell us where you are in this journey. Help us yeah. figure out who the hell we are. And thank you for listening <laughs> and listening to us, out. just sharing our, um, our just, our journey trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, we're we all, we're all, we're like, hey, wait, like, surely other people feel like we do. Yeah, we think so. We think yeah, so. so. So weigh in. We love you guys. And yeah, we can't wait to um, share next week. We'll so, see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.